shifts happen. Hello and welcome. I'm Tiffany, your host, and this is Crime Over Cocktails. Today, I have special guest Anissa Hudak. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thanks for having me on as well. I appreciate it. I'm very interested in your story because it's like trauma yoga that seems to be actually becoming very popular. I've read it a few places now about how well it actually helps. So my story is that I um, I was raped when I was 18 and I do what everybody else does. You know, I went to talk therapy and what I found was that I, I had to keep going back, that it was just, there wasn't any real closure. And then I started taking yoga teacher training classes and the school that I went through offered classes called warrior classes and they were uh, for PTSD for active duty and retired military. And I was about, um, I don't know, halfway through the first day. And I realized that the um, person I had to start working on was right here. My husband was active duty. We live in, you know, right off post. We live in a huge town that has a lot of active duty and retired military. And so I wanted to take the classes to bring them back to my community so I could be of service. However, I wound up um, working on me first. And my, my map became my, my lifeline. And then I was raped again about six and a half years ago. And I sat there and put my clinician hat on and I said, okay, you know, what would I tell one of my clients at this point in time? You know, what would I tell them to do? What would I suggest? And then I took my clinician hat off and I said, okay, you know, um, I have all this education. I, I know what I'm talking about. Now it's time for me to go put it really into practice. And it has really helped me gain some closure. It's been so wonderfully healing for me. And then um, I did get the opportunity to work with veterans, both active duty and military and um, retired. However, I really enjoy working with women who are like me, who are um, sexual assault survivors. And, um, you know, it's, it's this big taboo. We don't talk about it. Right now, they think that one out of every four women have experienced some sort of sexual violence, but we actually think the numbers are closer to one out of every two women due to underreporting because we're not talking about it. People are scared. Yeah, well, scared and, you know, there's a lot of victim shaming. A lot of people who don't do anything, just, you know, the victim has to prove it. Right. Did you report yours? No. No. Neither one? Neither one. Do you regret that now? The first one, yes. Um, I was date raped in college. And um, he not only, you know, raped me the first time, but he attacked me twice after that. Oh, wow. And I really wish that I would have reported him because um, obviously he... um, He's got some issues and he wasn't going to stop. There's a pattern. There's a definite pattern. Um, My last one, I chose not to. I have very personal reasons. I I actually, I don't generally talk about my second one um, uh, for very personal reasons. Um, No, 
reporting it was not an option at that time. Now, if it was to happen now, life is, you know, life is different. Um, I might very well report it now if it was to happen again. Well, obviously you did it for a reason and you're at peace with it. So that's good. It's still closure in a sense to move on because you know you can't go back in time. No, you can't go back in time. Um, I can't change what happened. However, I can change how I react to what happened. And I I can take that control back and I can control how I feel about it and how it affects me. And that's what I work on every day. It's empowering. Some days, yes. Some days it's overwhelming. But, you know, you don't wake up one day and say, I'm going to run the Boston Marathon without doing any training. (laughs) And when you're on this type of a healing journey, it's the same thing. You're training day in and day out, whether it's, you know, you do something for five minutes for yourself or it's an hour. Yeah. It's a long journey to heal yourself, depending on on so many different situations. It can be a very long journey, but it's always worth it at the end. Absolutely. And, you know, there is closure to be found. There is peace to be found. Um, However, it is, it's a lifelong journey. So, you know, it's never ending per se. We never know how the brain files away memories. And so at any given time, something can trigger a memory, even though you think that you've got closure and that you're well beyond it, you know, something can trigger a part of a memory and it brings back the whole thing. But what we can control at that point is how do we react to it? Right. And if we're really high functioning and we have really good tools around us um, and a support system, it doesn't have to be the end of the universe. Absolutely. You know, it's sad, but I had just found out, you know, you you have fight and you have flight. Well, I found out there's freeze. And it made so much sense to me because I've been put in some situations and people would always say, well, why didn't you do anything? Because I froze. But I didn't know that was one of our defense mechanisms. So that was like eye-opening to me. There's actually four. It's um, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Yes, yes. I didn't hear that one ever before either. It's great because everybody, they're going to react differently. A long time, I was like, was there something wrong? You know, you'd start to doubt yourself. But to know that that's actually a response, it made me feel better. I know that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with rape, um, there's a lot of women who come to me and say, I don't know if I was raped or not. And, of course, secretly I'm thinking, well, if you're asking that, then we both really know the answer, but you just need some, you know, confirmation. And I felt that way, too, you know, especially with my second one. Well, actually, both. I will have to say with with both. Um, I wasn't sure if that's what I was really experiencing. And, yeah, you know, there's, there's different types of rape. It's not just some guy dragging a girl down a back alley. Right. Right. Rape looks like lots of different things. Yeah. If you're kind of asking yourself, I don't know if this was rape or not. More than likely, it probably was. You know, I had to ask that for a while. (laughs) The fact that you even said that, it just made like the hair. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And a lot of men don't understand 
what rape is, which I find really fascinating. You know, I had a guy once who took me out to dinner and on the way home, he asked me where we could pull over. And I said, this was a first date. And I said, for what? And he said, well, you're going to perform oral sex on me because I bought you dinner. Oh, no, no. Well, that's coercion rape. And I was like, uh, here's a 20 and just keep driving. Right? I would have paid for my own meal. Yeah, I just, yeah. Never saw him again, mind you. Um, but guys don't realize that, you know, stuff like that is coercion rape. Right. He was ballsy. <laughs> like, well, he wanted something done with his balls. Yeah. <laughs> he said, go fish. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's scary to me because you got to know, like, when somebody is feeling you or not. Like, I, at least I would think so, that it would be, like, apparent, but I just... <laughs> you know, um, just because you're married doesn't mean that, you know, it's it's accepted. No. Right. Both partners have to want to participate, and, and so there's intimate partner rape. Yes, there's big controversy on that because you're married. But if I don't want to participate and you're going to make me, then yeah, that's still rape. That is still rape. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be tied down, tied up. You know, it can be words. It can be actions. If you, you know, if you don't, um, you know, have sex with me, I'm going to kill your child. Mm. Or I'm going to kill you. You know, that's coercion rape. And it could be intimate partner rape, depending on who the person is, you know. So there's a lot of different levels to this that people, I don't think, really understand. And sometimes women really get caught, like, I don't know what just happened here, but I know it wasn't good. Right. We're the ones stuck sitting there going, oh, my gosh. They don't even think a second chance of it. And some guys don't even realize they're doing it. Right. What do you think about the people who fall in love with their rapist? Um, I think that they need help. I mean, that's, that's actually, you know, it's a condition. And um, I, I feel terrible for them because that's not love by any stretch of the imagination. Right. And um, they, need, they need help. Hey, it's Katie. And I'm Andrea. Join us for our new weekly podcast, From Mrs. to Ms., where we'll unpack our journey as two divorced friends re-entering the dating scene. Get ready to hear the highs and lows of our first dates, happy hour confessionals, and all the advice we've learned along the way. Mm, pull up a chair. And pour yourself a glass, because we aren't holding anything back. New episodes drop every Friday starting March 10th on all streaming platforms and the video version on the Past Your Bedtime YouTube channel. We'll see you there. When I read stories like that, it just breaks my heart. And then you go to, like, the how. How could you? But they play mind games. They get in your head, and you start to feel things. Well, there's that. And, I mean, in some respects, your own brain tries to protect you. And so it could very well be just from your own brain, you know, trying to protect you from this incredible pain. 
and it just kind of morphs and becomes something it's really not supposed to be. Because it's easier, maybe? It's easier. It doesn't hurt. Um, you know, your brain is protecting you. And so there's a lot of different, you know, aspects of it. That's that's a big onion. There's a lot of layers to that onion. <laughs> right. I agree. <laughs> so when did you first start to get into yoga? I know you said it was after your first, but how long did it take your journey? Did you have to try a couple different things or you just knew right then and there that's that's what you wanted? Well, I had started doing yoga in, um, I guess, 2007. And I was going to a gym with a friend of mine and I had always wanted to take a yoga class and I talked her into going with me and we wound up absolutely loving this class. We loved the gal who was teaching the class. We loved the way she taught. We loved the way we felt afterwards. It was just an amazing, special, special time. And so I had always thought that I would always want to, at some point, I really wanted to take yoga teacher training classes because it was just so amazing. It was just so yummy. And the opportunity came up, um, I guess, six years later. It was uh, 2013. I took my very first class. It was a level one class. It was with the same company that by uh, the, the one instructor I had. Oh, I've gone through. So, um, cause I, I looked for that company specifically. It was yoga fit. I looked for them specifically and I saw that they were having a class locally. And I was like, you know what? I'm doing it. And I went into this class and I was like the oldest person there. <laughs> and I'm looking at all of them and they're all bendy and stretchy. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm totally out of my element. I, I crawled home that night I sat on my couch and I was like, I can, I'm not going back. Like, I am way too old for this. And my body is telling me to go sleep for a week. <laughs> and my husband was like, listen, you've been wanting to do this for a very long time. Sleep on it. See how you feel in the morning. And I got up the next morning and I said, no, hells no. I, I, didn't, do, I didn't do my homework. I am not going back. And he said, shut up and go. So I got there and I was all nervous because I hadn't done my homework. And um, one of the gals in my class that I was working with, she said, you know what? You can do this. You can do this. And she said, here, here, read right from the manual. Just read right, whatever the homework was. And I did it. And what I realized was for me, yoga was a gift. It is this incredible gift. It helps people feel so many different things. And usually it's wonderful. Not only physically, but emotionally and even spiritually, it's a gift. And so I wasn't going to be going out teaching. I, I actually, I had no aspirations of teaching. I just wanted to do it for me. But I wasn't going to be teaching it. I was just going to be sharing this gift. And if I could share this gift, then hopefully I'm making at least one other person feel good. I had finished the class. I passed. And within a month, I had two job offers. Oh, wow. And so I said, okay, I think the universe is trying to tell me something. Mm -hmm. So I um, got to it, started teaching. And mind you, never wanted to teach. <laughs> it was just for me. And uh, started teaching. And I was like, you know, maybe I should take some more classes. And I kind of got the bug 
taking teacher training classes, especially with Yoga Fit, they have this incredible um, community of yogis, yoginis. Yoginis. Yoginis, female yogis, yes. I really liked being with these folks. And I met so many wonderful, interesting people. And again, it was just sharing this gift. And so it just kind of all, the next thing I knew, I had finished my 200, finished my 500. And then at some point I finished over a thousand and became a yoga therapist. And I don't remember when I did it, but I did it. Apparently (laughs) they say, I mean, they, they gave me a certificate. So apparently I did it now. Um, but I, I love what I do. I have the best gig in the world. I get to watch people make a shift on their mat. And it's just a, what a beautiful thing to be able to witness. I don't bend those ways. <laughs> well, and you know, that's interesting because, you know, a lot of people say, you know, Instagram, you know, the Instagram bodies, you know, a lot of what you see is a not yoga. That's, you know, being um, acrobatics. I mean, that's like Cirque du Soleil kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, that's not yoga. And two, not everybody looks like that. And that's okay. We are supposed to fit the pose to the body, not the body to the pose. Mm-hmm. Anyone and everyone can do yoga. I like that. And so if you're looking at the IG pictures... That's not, that's not real life. Yeah, I mean, they got feet. (laughs) (laughs) They're pretzels and God bless them. I mean, that's a wonderful thing. But, you know, and maybe when I was, you know, in my teens, I could do stuff like that. That's great. But that's not all of yoga. Gotcha. Right. I think I need to watch some videos. (laughs) Well, that's how you know that that's what you were supposed to do. Because you love it so much. And like you said, you don't even remember when you stopped, which means like what they say, when you love what you do, you never worked a day in your life. I don't work a day in my life. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah, I, I I still don't stop learning. I'm still taking classes. I'm still doing research. I'm still studying. I learn, you know, something new almost every day about what I do. And I love it keeps your mind healthy and your body. (laughs) Yes, both. Yes. Well, those are both important to be able to grow. So. Absolutely. How big is your class? Well, it depends. I do one-on-ones, private. Oh, nice. And I also do um, group. When I was live and in person, in my private studio setting, I would do, I would have classes no larger than 10 people uh, because it was just me. And I felt like that was just, you know, seven to 10 was a a good number for being intimate, not having a lot of people being able to give everyone the attention that they needed, um, keeping everyone safe. When I worked on post, I, I worked at Fort Riley um, at the uh, Warrior Transition Battalion for three and a half years. And I got to work with soldiers. And sometimes there were up to 30 in a class. Wow, that's a lot. Because you got to help perform and stuff, right? Well, I actually, I never really leave my mat, believe it or not. However, there were other people there, um, PTs, OTs, that would help me kind of keep an eye and make sure everybody was doing okay. So I wasn't alone in the room and I had extra eyes. 
that's a that's a whole lot of bodies to be looking after, you know. That is a lot um, of bodies. So, um, so I, I like I said, I've done you know probably as many as thirty. However, I prefer seven to ten in a group setting. Yeah. No, I mean that's good. That way, it's like you said, more intimate. Now that I do everything online, I am actually able to work with you know larger groups because I have this big screen in front of me and I can see everybody. And, you know, and if somebody needs to step away, they can do that in the privacy of their own home. Right. That's good. Like like a virtual class. Yeah. And, you know, and if people have a reaction or need to step away or what have you, again, they can do that in the privacy of their own home and they're not going to disrupt the entire class. Right. So it's all good. It's amazing where we've come with technology and everything to where everyone can be in their own home, but they're all in one class doing the same thing. It's just yeah. amazing. So is teaching the soldiers a little harder, do you think, than your norm? Because <laughs> they're, they're taught to be so stiff, <laughs> and now you're asking them to loosen up. Um, Kind of. I mean, that's part of it, yes. The guys were funny. You know, they'd come in and they'd be like, yeah, we're going to like, you know, stretch a little and, you know, uh, maybe take a nap. And, um, you know, they they didn't really hold a lot of stock into this. And then, you know, you would see them through the class and all of a sudden they would like get a clue as to, oh, my gosh, this is a real thing. And this is really happening. And, oh, my gosh, you know, and then they, they would be so funny. They'd come up very quietly after class and they would say to me, uh, ma'am, um, I feel better than I've felt in, in a long time. I, I wasn't expecting this. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that's got to make your heart smile, though, so big. And then, you know, uh, man, well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to see you next week. Uh-huh. I'll see you then. <laughs> and they would. They would come back week after week, and they would really enjoy it. And then uh, they start bringing their friends. Dude, you got to try this. This is like the most amazing thing. Wait, wait till you get on a mat. Oh, this is great. You know, and I made believers out of them. And it was, it just made me chuckle time and time again. And, you know, some of the guys who were regulars then, when a new guy would come in and, oh, yeah, I'm just here for the stretching. They'd laugh. Dude, you have no <laughs> idea what, you have no idea what you're about to encounter. That is hilarious. It was so much fun. They were wonderful. I loved them. However, working with women who are like me, and that's what I do now. I only work with women who've been sexually assaulted. I love it. I love to see a woman make a shift on the mat. And you see it come across her face, and you could see the body, the way she holds her body change. And it's just brilliance. It's just wonderful. And to see a woman float out of a room because she feels lighter, she left some of that baggage behind, she feels more comfortable in her own skin, she's not afraid of her own body anymore, it's just so amazing. And that's what fills my well. That is absolutely beautiful. I could only imagine what that feels like to be able to literally see people transform in front of your eyes. That's a blessing. It is so incredibly special. It's, it is. It is a blessing. And I have the best gig in the world. Yeah. So, I 
mean, do you take new clients if anybody who is listening is a survivor herself or even he? I mean, men do get raped. It's very rare, but they do. Um, I don't feel like I have the education to work with men. Um, I think that that's it's very special, very specialized. Um, and I really just don't think that I have that kind of capability. Um, I don't feel like I've been educated enough in what the, the male perspective is on that. Um, and so I only work with females because that's what I, I, I know I've lived. Um, that is my scope of reference. So I don't work with men and I don't work with trans because, again, they have other issues um, and needs that I don't feel like I can really support. I don't have the education. And I really want people to get their needs met right and so i would feel bad taking somebody's money if i knew i really couldn't help them as much as i would like to right no that's fair um so i only work with women i am in the process of actually between now and the end of the year i am launching a membership it's called phoenix women and it is an online yoga therapy practice there's going to be recorded and live sessions there's going to be an educational hub with it because we really need to learn physically, from, from a, a physical standpoint, what is PTSD in our bodies? And why do we do certain things that we do? And what are certain symptoms that you may not recognize? And things like that. And then there's the community aspect. And we all know why we're there. So we don't necessarily have to talk about it. However, we can support each other when, you know, maybe days are good or days are not so good. So that will be rolling out, like I said, between now and the end of the year. And I'm super excited about it. No, that's great. I don't know anything else of that kind. So, I mean, that's a great resource. Well, you know, when I was 18, like I said, I went to talk therapy because that's what you did. And then when it happened again six and a half years ago, I really looked at, you know, what I really could have used back then and what could I really use now? And it didn't exist. And I was like, well, then I've got to make it because, you know, we need this. We deserve this. Right. And I, you know, in learning all of the science, I learned so much about myself and my own PTSD. I feel like that's so vitally important. The online therapy classes, uh, sessions, you know, getting on the mat and actually moving and moving it out of your body. That's vitally important. And then... If you look at a lot of self-help groups like AA and NA and even Weight Watchers, they all have a community aspect to them. Yes. And so I was like, I need to be with other women who are like me. We don't have to talk about it. We all know why we're there. Just to know that you're not alone. Yes, absolutely. That's the whole point of my podcast on every subject. You are not alone. It's so important to know that because as a community, if we can all have each other, there's so much room for growth and just love. And hopefully, hopefully we can make some changes in this world because it really needs to happen. Wouldn't that be nice? Yes, it would. People would stop being jerks. <laughs> like, Well, I don't know if that will really ever happen, but... <laughs> at least there would be a crowd of us to stomp them down when they are jerks yes agreed but no that's great i'm really happy for you thank you it's a great accomplishment
I look forward to being able to help women, other women who are like me. I look forward to being able to surround myself with other women who are like me. Because it is lonely. It's very isolating. Do you feel like if you would have done all this before, if you would have not had talk therapy and did the yoga, it would have put you in a different spot for the second one? Um, I don't really know. I, you know, there is no silver bullet. There is, and there is no one thing that's going to heal you. Right. It is a multifaceted uh, treatment plan, if you will. And unfortunately, you know, you got to figure it out yourself. The talk therapy is great. However, you also need to move the trauma out of the body. The body stores trauma on a very cellular level, and we need to get it out of the body. And so without talk therapy, you know, you're, you're not going to realize complete healing. Without moving your body, you're not going to realize complete healing. It is multifaceted. You need both. Um, you might need meds. That, that might be another you know, facet to it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm on meds. Doesn't make me less of a person. And then there's other things. Maybe it's touch therapy. Maybe you need Reiki um, energy work. Maybe you need a, a massage. I mean, there's so many different layers to this. And, and, and it's, you get to figure that out for yourself. What is it that you need to heal, to help you heal? Right. So many different moving parts, but you put them together and it makes it whole. It makes you whole. Yes. Yes. So, um, and and again, that's part of what I'm creating. This membership is, you know, helping women really find what is your, your own treatment plan. You know, when you break an arm, you know, you're going to go to the hospital, you're going to get an x-ray, they're going to put a cast on you. And maybe you see an orthopedist if you need, right? Right. You know, it's what, six weeks, the cast is going to come off, your bone is healed, and you go along your merry way. However, when you have your central nervous system malfunction, which is what PTSD is. That's all it is. Your your central nervous system has malfunctioned and you need to reset it. Nobody talks about that. We all have one. Right. Nobody knows about how to reset it. I didn't know you could. (laughs) You can, you have to. That's what PTSD is. If you don't, that's what happens. And then you get the the hypervigilance and, you know, the anger issues or or the depression, anxiety. Those are symptoms. That's not PTSD. Those are symptoms. PTSD is as simple and as complicated as resetting your central nervous system. It's a physical thing that happens before all of that other stuff. Now, with the yoga therapy, we are able to mimic that resetting of the central nervous system, which is why it's so important. That's so interesting. Like everything, everything I do is science based. I hate to blow anybody, burst anybody's bubble here. Um, everything I do is science based. It is not smoke and mirrors. It's not you know voodoo. It is not witchcraft. It is. It's all science. You got something to back it up. I have lots of stuff to back it up. And I'm constantly reading and researching and studying. And because one, I'm a nerd. Um, I, I really, you know, 
I find it fascinating, but also too, it, you know, my clients deserve the best. And if I, I need to know what's new and exciting and what I can bring to uh, the mat for them. No, that's great. I love that. Bring it to the mat. <laughs> you should get t-shirts. Bring it to the mat. Leave it on the mat. Ooh, I like that even better. Leave it on the mat. Yeah. I also really like um, shifts happen. Oh, I like that. That's one of my favorite t-shirts. Yeah. Shifts happen. I love that. (laughs) Is there anything else that you wanted to share? Tips or tricks or anything that you can suggest? You know, I always say that giving up is not an option. And um, I guess my number one tip, the first thing I tell absolutely every single one of my clients is to get a notebook. And you know, a lot of people say, well, I've already tried that. It didn't work. Well, yeah, you tried it, what, six months ago? You're a different person now. You're going to be a different person in six more months. So just because it didn't work for you then, doesn't mean it's not going to work for you now. And so you take this notebook and you write down things that you've tried. And you keep a log of it. And then, you know, six months, 12 months down the road, try it again. Keep detailed notes because maybe it'll work this time. Maybe it won't. You know, when you're working with like yoga therapy, maybe it's the instructor. Maybe maybe you don't like the yoga therapist you're working with. That's fine. Find another one. You know, just like talk therapy, you really need to find someone who meets your needs. And you also need to find someone that you can connect with. So you want to find, um, again, someone who meets your needs. If you are going to counseling or talk therapy for rape, assault, what have you, find someone who specializes in that. Don't go see a marriage counselor. Right. They have a different forte. You know, somebody who does family counseling, that they're wonderful, I'm sure, at what they do, but they may not have the expertise you need. Find someone who specifically deals with sexual trauma. And then hopefully you resonate with them. And if you don't, guess what? You find somebody new. So you always find somebody to meet your needs. You always take lots of notes because you got to go back. If it didn't work the first time, you got to go back and try it again. And you never give up. That's right. Love it. (laughs) I'm so glad that I was able to have you on the show. Yes, this was a long time coming. Thank you so much. Yes. Hurricane Ian got in the way. That was not pleasant. No, it was stressful. Like, just thinking of, like, everything in your home you could lose. It's it's scary. And you have no control. No, none. Other than the fact that you could move. Right. Well, I live in Tornado Alley. I live in Kansas. And so I get it. I, I mean... You know, you batten down the hatches and you you pray for the best. Right. That's all you can do. Listen for that train. Go to a bathroom. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. If um, any of this resonates with your folks, they can reach me at traumahealingyoga.com. And there I have a free body scan meditation. They are more than happy to grab. It is great for um, helping them relax and sleep. 
and it's very restorative. And um, on social media, I am trauma healing yoga. I'm like a bad penny. I'm like all over social media and trauma healing yoga, you know, Facebook, IG, LinkedIn. But I will say I'm not groovy. I am not on Snapchat or TikTok. So I do have a Snapchat, but it's just my personal. I just... I can be a dragon one day. Like, it's just whatever you want to be. Yes, I do have my own personal Snapchat. I only talk to one person, and that is my beloved niece. Um, but other than that... Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm I, not groovy enough to do, to do Snapchat or TikTok. No, I get it. I don't really even use Twitter. It goes out every once in a while, but I'm like, I, I don't get some of this stuff. <laughs> So that's where, if if any of this resonates with your folks, that's where they can reach me. Awesome. I might check out that body scanner. <laughs> it's a great meditation. It's wonderful. What you're doing is very inspiring. Thank you. You're so welcome. I just love that. You know, you have such a heart and such love to give. And that's just, that's your mission here. And you are accomplishing it. So you should be very proud of yourself. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. All right. You guys know the drill. Like, follow, subscribe. Leave a five-star review if you listen on Spotify or Apple. Make sure you head over to crimeovercocktails.com. That's your one-stop shop. Everything that you want to do can be found right there. Getting helpful phone numbers. Listen to the episodes. Learn about me or if you want to help support the show. All right, you guys. We'll talk crime another time. Bye.